You are listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, and is recorded at the Francis Roy office in Valparaiso, Florida. A lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. Never to exceed 30 minutes, this podcast is an easy addition to your playlist of favorites. Let's get started with this week's guest. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedicky. And okay, so September will be, I want to say three years with Hello Francis, but you know what? It might be four. And I want to say that this episode is the first time we're talking about my most favorite topic in the world, which is food. And our guest today is just a really fun person to follow on social media. She's a foodie influencer, of course, but she's so much more. But it's Joanna Davis, the 850 foodie. Hey. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of your podcast. Well, we're very excited to have you. You've been on our list for a little while. I'll follow you. We love your food content. And we were just talking internally with our team the other day. And we're like, you know what? We need to ask the 850 foodie because um, number one, you make us hungry. And you always know the best tips, like new restaurant openings. I mean, everything kind of going on. So who better to talk to about food influencers and influencers specifically than you. So we're so glad. Wow, thank you. I feel blessed to be here. You're welcome. Okay. So can you tell us, cause I feel like I've been watching you kind of since the beginning, your audience has grown uh, yeah. quite a bit, but can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey as a food influencer? Like how did you get started? Yeah, for sure. So I have lived in the area for 30 years. My dad was in the military and he retired here when I was in middle school. So, you know, being a longtime local, I've seen my community grow so much. I, I live in Navarre, which Navarre is still a pretty limited community. And um, we have a, a handful of restaurants. But, you know, I think through all those years, I've seen a lot of restaurants that have come and go. And for many years, me and my husband, we just kind of observed these places and talk about like what helped to make them successful and we'd follow on social media and see these food groups and people reviewing these places and we saw how like social media and how reviews from people and the public could really hurt and damage a, a restaurant too and you know and I, I think my heart kind of went out to those businesses because I know as individuals when when you make that big leap towards opening your own business or a restaurant like you put your heart on the line and you're everything into on, on that and so I, I guess for me, I think I was just most inspired by just wanting to see places be successful and see my my area continue to grow. So I started off first being on Facebook and I would be on these different Facebook groups and just I, I think I, I got really sour to the Facebook groups because there was just a lot of negativity where, you know, like in my community over in Navarre, we have this page called Navarre Restaurant Reviews. And you would have like the same 10 restaurants that people would just constantly like either rip up or, you know, rave about. And I remember just kind of venting saying like, man, you know, like I wanted to open up my own page. And my husband was like, well, why don't you go ahead and do it? But I didn't want to do a Facebook page because I just didn't want to reinvent the wheel. And then there was this thing 
called Instagram. And so this was during COVID and, you know, you have a lot of time on your hands during COVID. And at that time we were doing a lot of takeout because that's what you could do. And that's what kept the days interesting. So I was like, well, maybe let me get my hand at this Instagram thing. And I just assumed it would become like my personal page where I would just put pictures that only I would be entertained by. So I never really imagined that I would ever get this following that has, you know, grown to what it's been in the last couple of years. But, you know, I think for me, it was just kind of being authentic with my audience and just being relatable to people, being able to like have a, a personal relationship with fellow foodies and to talk food, because I think that's something that's universal. Like when you go places and you just overhear strangers conversing, like talking about food is just universal, right? We just get excited about food and places to go eat. And so it's just an easy way of connecting to people. I feel like you are a master at connecting to people. And I, I have a question that I want to ask you about what you mentioned, you know, which is authenticity, but I think it's also the credibility and you come across as really credible, not, you know, I think it's easy for an influencer to kind of not necessarily have that organic relevancy and to feel a little bit salesy, but you have never felt that way to me uh, since you've had your account. And I think that's really difficult. Is it important to you that you establish that trust with your audience and how do you stay true to what you feel like is authentic for you? Well, and probably that comes more naturally to me because my career occupation, you know, my nine to five is that I'm a mental health counselor. Mm. Um, so my background is in psychology and I've worked 20 years in, in the field of counseling and just understanding people and, and how we think and our behaviors and being able to make that connection and, you know, and, and being empathic to other people's experiences. So I think it's just something that's natural for me as a person. And, you know, that also can be a challenge, especially once your page starts to grow. Cause I'm, you know, while I'm connecting with individuals, I'm also connecting with businesses as well too. And so right. sometimes that can be kind of a challenge because I do get a lot of businesses nowadays that, you know, will try to contact me and want to collaborate, which, I, you know, I'm always happy to highlight new places, but you also want to be authentic to your viewers and not just trying to sell something. And so, you know, I, I think I try to find that balance of just highlighting what's great about places, you know, cause not Every food experience is always going to be a five-star experience, but when you highlight the, the positive aspects about it, maybe like your favorite dish or the people working there or the ambiance, you know, there's always, you know, looking for the positives and maybe that's my mental health background, you know, is that positive psychology, but, you know, and I always tell people that food is a, a love language in itself, you know, mm -hmm. when they talk about the five love languages, like really and truly, I think it should be a sixth love language. And I think that comes from me and your Filipino background too, I mm -hmm. think, right? And so, you know, very very well that as part of our Filipino culture, like growing up, like with our mothers and parents and whatnot, like our lives really revolved around like food, whether it's a, yeah. you know, a way of life of celebrating special occasions or your mom, like doting on you, your favorite meals, mm -hmm. um, or just livelihoods like when you go to a country like the Philippines like that's how they make money by selling food on the street so I think growing up for me with my mom and and just our relationship she she doted on me and that was like her way of showing love was by preparing us our favorite meal so so yeah I think it's authenticity is just something that is, is just natural for me. 
I really love that. And it's so it hits home for me as well, as you know, because it's, you know, as a Filipino American, the discovery of food really, or I think my culture happens through food because I didn't grow up in the Philippines. My mom didn't grow up in the Philippines. She left the Philippines when she was young, but she was surrounded by other Filipinos. And so I think it's a way to like really hold on to who we are and makes us different from others, even other Asians, even, you know, like our food especially in the Philippines, I think is so unique. I heard someone describe our food as what's borrowed, what's stolen and what's ours. And I just yeah. love yeah. that. That is true. You're right about that. <laughs> I love that because we have the Spanish influence and the Chinese influence. And then our culture of people are these innovative people with food have taken kind of everything that's happened to them and created and made in their own. It's such a strong cultural reference. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and you said like growing up around Filipinos, when you go to a Filipino party, what's mm-hmm. one thing that you can count on when you're about to leave that party? What do they do? They give you a to-go box and mm-hmm. force you to bring food home with you, right? Or else yeah. you're disrespecting them. Food is very personal to Filipino culture, I think, for sure. Yeah, so. I love that. I know two things. It's going to be late, but it's going to be good. Like- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, absolutely. You know, and it's funny too. I've kind of questioned like through my like foodie journey, like at this stage in my life, I'm like, you know, I go out to eat a lot and it didn't used to be like that. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I I cook and I think a lot of times people wonder, does this girl cook? Cause she like eats out all the time, but I swear I do cook and I know how to cook. I cook pretty good, but, and I think probably where my food journey really kind of took off is because my mom is like at this stage in life. Like, like I said, growing up, she always prepared these extravagant meals, like more food than she really needed to for even just a a small family. Mm -hmm. And now she's getting older and she's at a stage in life where she's like, you know what? I'm retired now. You're on your own. You guys can cook food for me. And so I think that's where my love language is being met by me being able to go out to places and, you know, think about, and and I think too, as women, like women and men, we're built differently when it comes to food. Oh, like sure. men, yeah. whatever is in front of them, they'll eat it. They they don't have a care in the world as long as their stomachs are full. <laughs> For us women, like when you're at the job and you're like, and it's like 1030 and you're like, what are we going to eat for lunch? Where should we get takeout? Like, you know, you light up and you get excited. You know, it's like that happy pleasure center in our brains, like are going off. Like it's, it's our happy place. Yeah. So, yeah. I but. love that. I love that. I, I love your content. I think your audience is very engaged. Food connects people. So it's like a natural platform for engagement really. But is there a secret to keeping audiences engaged? Oh goodness. Um, you tell us if it's like a super secret, but you know. Yeah. You know, like, and I think for me, like what helped me out was my timing. When I first started, mm. there weren't a, a whole lot of food. Like I said, I, when I started that page, I didn't even think there was even such a thing as like Instagram food. I didn't know that that was even out there. And then I think just like being consistent and really engagement makes a huge mm-hmm. difference, you know? And, and then too, for me, like, I like to keep it fun. 
And that's why I get into like these giveaways because when before I even had a food page, like I was always entering giveaways. Like I would get excited if I saw like an Instagram giveaway and trying to enter it. And so, you know, I, I just try to make it exciting for people as well too. But I think engagement really makes a big deal. And, you know, I know a lot of people complain a lot about this change from photos to now like the reels and the videos with Instagram trying to keep up with TikTok. But I have really come to enjoy that. I know it kind of made life easier when all you had to do was post some pictures on Instagram. But for me, I think it's really tapped into a creative place for me. And I, I was telling my husband this the other day. Because when I was in high school, I was on the yearbook staff, like all four years. And there was, I'm not an artist or anything like that. But I remember like somebody, I, I was nominated like most creative my senior year. And I and I didn't understand it. But I recognized it from being in yearbook because there is a huge creative aspect of design. And you know this, Chantel, mm -hmm. you know, being in a social media and marketing, that there's this creative aspect with themes and designs and making things go together. And I think that it brought, that, that has always kind of been inside of me. And it was probably dormant for many years. And you know, and I, I went into the mental health counseling field, but now it's like something inside of me has just like kind of awakened. And I really enjoyed just the creative aspect of, you know, the music, finding audio and finding the transitions and seeing what are new trends and, and video recording. And, you know, this past weekend, I went to Tulum with a girlfriend and she she's kind of delving into like content lifestyle on Instagram. And I was struggling with my videos like of recording her or whatever and she's like Joanna you, you've got this Instagram food page I'm like but I'm recording food it's different than <laughs> recording people you know food for some reason like it just makes sense to me but yeah. um but yeah I I've loved it I have loved it a lot well, I love discovering your mental health background. I mean, personally, the most brilliant marketers I've ever met have a background in anthropology or neuroscience. So understand behavior modification, behavior response, human connection, you know, human processing are also really good at capturing authentic um, behavior, even their own, presenting it in a creative way, and just kind of like building these giant audiences of people who are intrigued. And, and I really think it's so super interesting to me that you have that psychology connection. I mean, I should have known, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I am my own understudy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love um, that. Understanding our relationship with like food and even, um, you know, and a part of my journey, I think, too, with uh, becoming this foodie, which, you know, of course, this has been a lifetime of development for me. At one point, I, I was really big in like fitness and doing fitness competitions and bodybuilding. And um, I can remember being like on these really re restrictive diet and doing that for like 16 to 20 weeks at a time. And, mm -hmm. and I witnessed in myself like, your brain, food, you know, hits this like pleasure center of our, our brain, like, like drugs do. Right. And so I, I knew I could sense myself kind of getting into this depressed state as I was, what was taken from me by choice, of course, the things that brought me a lot of pleasure in life. And I w went without that for a long period of time. And then even once I would be done with my competitions and I would resume back into like eating food, like normal, I could see how I was almost like 
a person, a drug addict who, ha and I've worked in drug rehab, so I, I understand this na nature as well too. So somebody who's come off of drugs for a period of time, they go to like rehab for 30 days, they leave rehab, and then they slide back into old behaviors. Like maybe they try thinking like they can smoke marijuana instead of, you know, their pain pills or something like that. But they quickly relapse into, you know, because their brain like feels again that happiness from that thing that they love so much. And they're like, ah! I want more, more, more. And I could see myself going through that, like as Ooh. I would be, you know, trying to come back after a competition, going back into normal life and how I would just be constantly hungry. But it's funny now that, cause that, you know, even though I'm still active in the fitness world and whatnot, like one thing that I have learned is that it doesn't matter if I'm on strict dieting or I'm eating all the things that I want to eat is that I'm always hungry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the hunger is always there. You know, that the want for food, that is always going to be the struggle. So, you know, and a lot of it is is mental, you know, it's our sure. thought processes going into that. So, but well, yeah, I, it is. It I is. love that you've made an account around it though. It's, I, I think that what you create, what you present is, is interesting. It's appetizing to the eyes. It, it certainly is beautiful. I, I want to have a little time here to ask you because the team is dying to know what is your favorite food trend right now. And I know that sounds like it's like a surface level question because we got so deep about your background and connection yeah. here. But, you know, do you have a favorite food trend? Do you have a favorite place to eat? A favorite like, but it depends on like what you're asking because, mm. you know, there's different types of dining experiences. So if you're asking where like my favorite top rest, like fine dining experiences, like, yeah, I definitely have my favorite. And one thing I will tell you, and that was, that kind of went into me deciding to name my page the 850 foodie was I did not want to be pigeonholed into like a Navarre food page yeah. or Destin food page. I wanted to be able to just explore all the places around here. And I will tell you that the one area that I probably enjoy the most for food adventures is Pensacola area. Mm. Um, I just find that Pensacola is just more diverse. Even like when you go to the downtown area, like it's very hipstery vibe and just very eclectic, like the menus that you get. And it's just something different. You know, there's yeah. like 20 different taco trucks out there, you know, so there's just more to explore out in Pensacola. I mean, of course, when you go to Destin, like I always brag to people because I know a lot of tourists and vacationers probably follow my page and you know Destin is the place to go like if you're looking for the best seafood in the world that's what we're known for you know we're going to have some of the best shrimp and grits that you're going to find or we're in Mahi and so like my favorite restaurants in Destin you know you can never go wrong with Marina Cafe or Beauchamp's Louisiana Lanyap is one of my favorites and Pensacola my favorite I love like Global Grill there's um, mm -hmm. uh, Iron Restaurant Iron is probably in my top three there's I love Italian food and I think we we are pretty blessed that we have a lot of Italian-owned restaurants in this area, whether it's Pazzo's or Mimo's or Bonelli's or here in Navarre, we got some smaller places like Bella Luna and, you know, and it's the, it's the real deal. It's good stuff. Well, I think people want an expansion on that question. They can certainly follow you on Instagram. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. easy to find on Instagram, the 850 foodie. And I love finding, I know you and I have, our relationship is almost 90% DMs and the other 10 percent is foodie festivals yes for sure and i tell people all the time like if you 
want the insider tip, just DM me, you know, because mm -hmm. um, like I said, like when I post a real, you know, like I might have one dish that I absolutely love there, but I'll keep it real with you on the DM, like which mm -hmm. dish to avoid or something like that, you know, to expect going in. So yeah, I don't mind those questions at all. And again, it's about having a personal connection with people, you know? Yeah. Well, you certainly, yeah. to me, are a master at that and using food as a vehicle is so interesting. I, you know, there's a lot of food on Instagram. I think you've done a great job of cutting through that and really having your own style. And, you know, some of the new foodie influencers that I see are kind of mimicking your style a little bit. I think at that, I would feel flattered <laughs> about that if I were you. I think that is so cool, especially knowing that you came from a COVID idea and just, you know, wanting to try something new. So I enjoy enjoy you so much, Jojo. I think that you're doing a great job and, and we love to watch you and thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for having me on. And, you know, like you mentioned about like the other new food pages, like at the end of the day, there's like these restaurants need all that the promotion mm -hmm. and advertisement that they can get. So the more people out there showcasing for these restaurants and business owners, you know, the more we're helping out our community. So there's tons to share out there. Well, thank you so much. I, I've enjoyed this. I know you, I mean, to me, I, you're the one person where I'm like, oh man, I didn't even know that opened. I didn't even know that was here. Like I try to make it my business to know food and I'll almost always, I'll like see something in um, stories from you or whatever. I'm like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. So I highly encourage people to follow you. We're going to make sure that everybody has access to your tags and linking all your information and everything. But thank you. thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Chantel. And I look forward to our next festival, foodie festival meetup. So, okay, girl, I'll see you there. Mm -hmm.